Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There we go. We're back. Episode number three, Thomas Turgoots. Back again, number three. Number three of series. A great guest. Yeah, really good guest. Um, Johnny Harris. Yeah. Really good subject as well. Um, I think we've, I think we've nearly known Johnny. I've nearly known Johnny for half my life. I think I've nearly known him for as long as I've been alive, and I haven't. Yeah, that's. That's strange. Well, so, yeah, because we met him on This Is England 86, right? He plays Mick. Oh, no, I'm, I'm years out. I'm absolutely years out. What do you mean? I need another eight years of knowing him, is what I'm saying. <laughs> but That's good. That's bad maths, that. That <laughs> is maths. bad maths. Not quick maths, bad maths. Um, <laughs> We've known no, him. Sorry? 12 years. We've known him probably about 12 years. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Um, <laughs> As as Johnny touches base in the um, in the uh, in the episode, it was um, he's so magnetic to watch, isn't he? And when yeah. he said, when he touched base, when he came into the rehearsal rooms with us all, and how nervous he was about being with us all, but then yeah. quickly sort of adapted into the way that we all are on set. Yeah, because um, I to be an outsider looking in on that group. No, especially because of how mental we all are when that's we're there. I mean, yeah, that's what I mean, like. Yeah, because when you start jobs, like, you know, when when you do jobs and you go on as, like, a guest lead or, or something, you know, you'll know yourself, like, it's hard to kind of get in, not get in with a group, but it's kind of one of them, you're the outsider, aren't you? So, yeah, and you feel like you want to be involved in everything that's going on and you can't be. Yeah. <laughs> to a certain extent. But uh, it's like being a new kid at a school, isn't it? You know, if you move to secondary school. Yeah. And then when you went to, a, and there's a big group of people and you're just like, oh, I just want to be mates with them. Um, big, big school full of uh, absolute drunks and idiots like we were back in the day. Yeah, back in the day. <laughs> um, no, but again, I know we say it all the time, but it was, it's you know, it's up there with one of my favourite episodes. And he's so, um, mm. he's, he's very much like, a bit like Shane Meadows or uh, Joe Gilgan. Whenever he starts talking, it's like, you can, this will probably be the quietest episode, I think, from me and you. Yeah, I think we listen most. And, 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 like I say, he's a great storyteller and also didn't know. But what a good impressionist. Like, you guys are in for a treat if you watch yeah. Johnny listening. Like, if if you literally will watch Johnny Harris turn into Shane Meadows about four times in this interview. Yeah, yeah, it's great. He's uh, um, But he's, he's super talented and he's he's one of yeah. the most intense people I've been on um, around yeah. the set. He can be, you know. Like you said before, he likes to be separated from people and... Um, 
and sort of, but I, I mean, I guess with, with the character that he did play in this is in the '86 and '90 and '88. Uh, was it? He was in '86 and '88, wasn't he? Um, yeah. The flashbacks no. and things. Um, but he's so like because of the character that he's playing, he 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 really needed to take himself aside and really get into it because he's such an awful character to play. So um, he's very intense. He gets the results. Mm. He looks amazing and he is amazing. But also one of the most lovely down to earth gentlemen I've ever met. I was just going to say that, like, on the flip side of that, obviously, when he's not working, he is, like, genuinely one of the nicest blokes. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it, it does pay off, because, like, my missus, um, she was she was quite nervous meeting him. I always say this to him, like, when when we kind of first got together, me and my missus, and he was, uh, we had a This Is England party or something, and she was a bit scared about meeting mm-hmm. Johnny. Like, what? Yeah. No, Johnny's lovely. She's like... No, he's he's a scary man, and I'm like, oh no, he plays a scary man. Yeah, he can he can be scary because he was a he was a great boxer, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like regional champion or or GB champion or something when he was younger. I think um, I remember my dad saying something about it. He had a good good chat with him about it. Um, yeah, man, not to be messed with, and so not just this is England. I mean, Jawbone is one of my one of my favorite films. Um, yeah. I was right. blown away by it. I think he was unbelievable in that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you hear my washer? It's dead loud. Can you hear it? No, I can't hear your washer. Yeah, that's good then. I'm sorry if anyone listening can, can hear my washer. It's dead loud. It's made it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Johnny's subject, obviously, is fear. And we, I guess, like me and you, fear. We, we, fear. Yeah, you say fear. it weird, don't you? Fear. I say fear. Fear, mate. Fear, mate. Um, You're right, fuck off. <laughs> Johnny's subject is fear. And. Um, we wanted to put this one out. We were probably going to put this out a bit later, weren't we, at first? But then we decided, mm-hmm. you know, we've had, what, three, nearly four weeks of isolation now. We just got told we might have a few more. And we will have a few more, sorry. And, and, mm-hmm. and you know, people are kind of worried and scared. And, and, and talking to Johnny in this kind of put my mind at rest a lot. And, mm-hmm. you know, not being, you know scared of, of, of stuff that you see on social media and things like that, you know, and, and, and just be mindful of it, I guess. Yeah, he's a very positive man, Johnny, mm. in, every, in, any, in any aspect. He's, he's very, really negative, and I don't think I've ever heard him say a bad word about anyone ever. No. Um, so I he's want... kind of, for us, it was like, it was like a therapy session, I thought, for, for, yeah. for me. It was very reassuring um, and very switched on and... Yeah, he sort of like he, he opens your mind up into different ways that you never thought possible, yeah. and he can he can really change the, the your thought process on a lot of things and the way that you look at things. Definitely, definitely. So that's that's why we want to get into it this week, I guess. You, Thomas Tiggers. Mm. Um, I was going to say something a minute ago. Oh yeah, um, let's uh, get into the interview anyway. Yeah. Um, just yeah. a little bit of backstory on uh, wh- what we're talking about. We- wherever we ring our guests on Skype, we always have a little chat beforehand, don't we? Just catch up, how are you doing and all that. Um, while recording this one, um, I come in at, uh, we come in at a weird point because I pressed record because we were having such a great chat about, um, about Frey Bentos pies. Oh, yeah. Well, when you listen, uh, that's what we're talking about at the top of the interview. Um, free, free bent pie. So, should we just stick it on? 
Yeah, let's bang it on, mate. Enjoy, see you after. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, you know, because he said, I we could do it early. And I said... I said, oh, I've just put a pie in the oven. It'll be about 20 minutes. And most people would come back and sort of say, oh, okay, mate, not the way. And then we'll get on with the show. Tom, I didn't. He'd just come back and went, what pie? <laughs> yeah, what pie is it? <laughs> just so you know, we're, we're recording now, Johnny. Well, when oh, yeah, I've just started recording. On the topic of pies. The um, pie chat was brilliant. So I thought I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll try and get some of it in I've there. Got, uh, <laughs> I've got um, calls coming through on Skype. I don't know how I stop those. Oh, no. I just leave oh, them. I haven't got a play. Can you hear them? Yes. And they're pinging. You're not hearing no. Not no. hearing anything, mate. Yeah. We're all good. Have you got the blur yeah. background there, have you? Have you got the old... Um... Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you just go to the bottom right, you see them little three dots on your screen. Yeah, good thing to do, is it? Yeah. yeah it just focuses on your pretty face, doesn't it, instead of your pretty flowers? <laughs> right, let's do it, man. Let's um, let's get Welcome that. to Overrated there Everything. There you go. It's Johnny Harris, how to do Skype. <laughs> <laughs> With my sexy blurred background, man. I love it. Yeah. Um, so for anyone who's listening, we've just um, we started the Skype chat and Johnny was telling us about his lunch, um, about a pie in a tin, which I strongly disagree with. What was it? <laughs> I can't believe it, man. I'm disappointed, Tom. Frey Bennett's <laughs> pie. I thought it Frey came Bennett's from the North. Pie. I thought it was London's gift from the North, mate. I um, It was my childhood. It, that was my childhood diet uh, at least once a week. We'd have Frey Bennett's pie and chips or Chef's Hat, my uncle called it, and chips. Uh, what was that childhood meal? I learned. I say learned how to cook. My, my, I, um, I used to uh, boil some pasta, um, and then I used to just put a can of chicken soup into the pasta. And <laughs> see that. That's what I used to eat a lot when I was a kid. I remember that? Ah, right. Yeah. That's, that's, why got, that's why I've got a six pack. You know I mean? That's why I'm absolutely shredded because I was just on carbs from the age of five. Complete <laughs> carbs. Spanish. Uh, mine was um, a piece of bread. And you know the the square cheese that isn't really cheese, like the thin kind of Plastic. slice of cheese. 
I yeah. used to put that on and put it in the microwave for like 30 seconds. Yeah, man. Well, it was like, you know, I made uh, last week, I made my first ever stew, uh, like my first proper stew. Could well, you cook quite a lot? I, actually, I made, I made one um, once before. No, I don't cook a lot. I'll tell you what it is, Tom, I write. The once in a, a five year when I do cook, I'll put it on Instagram. So it looks like I cook a lot. You know, <laughs> I cook a lot. It's once in a bloomer. But to, to be honest, mate, this period now, this isolation, I cook more than I've ever cooked. So, right. I've got those um, slow cooker things. I've just never used it. And then, so the other week I got it out and, um, and done a stew. And then, and then, um, and then last week, so I done my second one. I had done another one, and it was oh man, it was great. You know, but it's horrible in isolation because I'm on my own. You know, and um, and I was looking around oh. for a round of applause. You know, I got this stew. <laughs> And you know, when you're a bloke and you cook something. Send some up to me, mate, and I'll give you one. Well done. Well played. As long as it stops you from having pie out of a tin. How are you? And how's it all going? How's the podcast? I've been listening in a couple of times. It's great. Yeah, it's great. It's good. Loving it. Yeah, we enjoy enjoy doing it. And it's, um, I mean, obviously, it's a bit different now because we're having to do it on the the old Skype. But um, we enjoy it, don't we? It's It's a chance for us to get together. And um, you know, meet friends or meet new people, new guests, and that. And um, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's just uh, we both got jobs at the end of last year, so we stopped doing it. And then it, every time we go to do it again, one of us gets a job, which is great. But yeah. obviously, we want to keep the podcast going as well. So yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, one it's of them. But it's a great excuse to sort of like get people like yourself on, who obviously we've known for a long time. But I guess when we was when we was kids, um, you was just sort of like looking after me and Andy Ellis when we used to come into work still drunk all the time whilst he was there being professional <laughs> me and Andy had come into work obviously when we was doing 86 but it's nice to like, like you were uh, outrageous man all of you it was the most beautiful experience wasn't it oh really it was yeah what was it, what was it like coming for, for you obviously because we'd already done the film oh, and then you came into man, the it was surreal. it was surreal so so like the film came out um at the same time as London to Brighton a film I'd done Great film, yeah. All at the same festivals that year. Do you remember, like, and like the Biffa Awards and stuff? That was the first time I'd ever met Shane, and I was still drinking back then, so I don't remember it much. But I remember, I remember vividly. I think it was around the time I gave up drink, right? And I, and I saw so I was sober, and I went to the cinema with my ex, and we saw This Is England, the film, because I've been meeting you all at these festival uh, and stuff. Like I've met you all at um, the awards and stuff. And it was just like a great bunch and we'd sort of party together a bit. And then I went and watched it and it blew me apart. You know, like it, it was, I'll, I'll never forget it. Like, it, oh. and it's, it's a strange thing to say, like, it, but it, you know, because of what happened afterwards, like, it sounds like I might be biased, like, but, but I said it long before and I said it publicly at the time as well. That's one that film will always be in my top five films. Like oh. it, it's yeah. almost, it's almost easy to underestimate it because it's so, um, you feel like they're your pals on the screen, you know, yeah. yeah. when you're watching like a raging bull or something like that. It's so kind of endemic. It's so in you, that film, that it's easy to just pass it off as being with your pals or something. It's yeah. an astonishing piece of art. It's an piece of work. I guess, I, I guess it, it really comes across on screen because, well, you, you've seen it and you're part of it now. You know, we are all, we're all a family. And that's exactly how it is. And you know, when they say when they when Shane says cut on set, we don't we don't just stop being yeah. them people. That that's who we are. You Do know you what know, I mean? We first um, apparently I was one of the first people Shane ever let have a dressing room, right? And and this is the reason, right? Is um so so you know, I, I had this amazing experience seeing the film, blew me away, and just remember thinking something's happening here in British cinema, something's going on. 
and like and, and you know and it felt like and it felt like a working class thing it was just electric man it was beautiful and and i felt like you know i, I was hungry and wanted to be part of it all and but to actually then become part of the this is england thing i think it was like four years later and it mm. wasn't really happening for what me the Brighton had come and gone and you know what it's like guys like i weren't really getting auditions for anything other than kind of like you know two lines here and there you know like like i, I weren't doing the kind of work i wanted to get you know and i was working mm, yeah and, I, and i'm not saying it for dramatic purpose like i was close to giving up really close and um we've all been there we've all been there yeah i've never heard an actor that's not you know and um and i was real close to it and i was working in the union theater cafe for my mate ian and the phone call came through it's an outdoor cafe it was freezing i remember i had these glove things on and i answered the phone and they said um shane meadows is going to follow up this is england with a tv series um and he wants you to go up and audition for it um and, and he'd, he'd left a message saying that he thought I was too young. Like He kindly said, look, mate, I think you might be too young, but I love what you did in London to Brighton. And, uh, you know, if you want to come up, it'd be lovely to meet you. And, and so um, that took a bit of pressure off me in a way. And I just went up and met him and then got the part. You know, I remember he mm. rang before I'd left. Like, I, was on, I was running for the train in um, uh, Nottingham. Um, it was at the Broadway cinema where he auditioned me. And I met Vicky for the first mm. time. And then I was running for the train after. It was raining. And, um, and I had to catch that train. I was skint. My mate Ian, who ran the cafe, lent me the money to get up there. And if I missed that train, I was stuck. I would have had to jib the train or something. And uh, and um, and the phone went. And you know when you're like, oh, not now, you know? But I saw it was like a weird number. And you know when you just get a funny feeling? And I answered it, and it was Shane. And he went, oh, hiya, buddy. He went, um, listen, buddy. He went, uh, you know, look, I know it's a long journey back. And, you know, and... Uh, look, I just wondered if it might make your journey a little bit easier to say I'd love you to do the part, you know, if you'd like to do it. And I was like, Yay! Oh. Remember, I'll never forget that train journey home because I was oh. in a in life at that time. But you know when you just get this feeling that everything's going to be all right? And I don't mean that. Oh, in, man. I, I can't explain why I felt that. It weren't like it was, you know, a, a huge financial sum or anything like that. I just knew on some level spiritually that life was going to be okay. It was working out and... So it was weird and so then to come up and meet you right yeah. uh, came up to rehearse so this is how i got the dressing room right I, I came up to um rehearse and met you all remember we had that party and everything and we started yeah, yeah. Rehearsals. and then i went back to london um after rehearsals and i think it was a couple of weeks and then filming was going to start and the agent rung to go through the details of the, the deal and she said right you're going to get paid this much you're going to be staying here you're going to be doing this you're going to be doing that she said and by the way with Shane Meadows, no one has dressing rooms or trailers. Like, you know, everyone just all stays together and hangs out on set and everything. And yeah. I said, okay, now bearing in mind, I was terrified of losing the job, right? But I thought about it and I thought, and I said to my agent, I said, listen, you know what? I've met that gang, you know, and they're like nothing you've ever met, right? Joe Gilgan, <laughs> Tom, Andy, like all of you, right? And I said, listen, if I'm hanging around with those guys on set, there is no, I, I, de, I defy anyone not to laugh and have like the best time of their life, you know? Yeah. Guy I'm playing, I'm in a different place. Like, I can't, like, I'm just going to have, it's going to be too good a time, you know? And I've got to tap into something quite dark. And anyway, she went back to Shane and I said, but don't like, be careful how you tell him, you know? Because I don't want him to think, who's this? <laughs> Donna, you know, it's a dressing room. Anyway, apparently Mark Herbert went up to Shane and went, oh, Johnny Harris wants a dressing room. And Shane went, what? And he went and he explained it to him. And then Shane went, yeah, I can't argue with that. <laughs> and he gave me well, a fair, yeah, fair point, you know. Yeah. It was only a broom cupboard. I used to sit in there with my headphones. 
Yeah. And <laughs> you know, and um, so I was kind of terrified of you all because you was all um, uh, you were beautiful. Well, I guess it's kind of like particularly for obviously your character in in '86, it was like nothing else that any of us had ever experienced on on a on a, a Shane Meadows set really, and. It was kind of like for for what you was doing with that character because we never we never had any scenes together or anything, did we? I don't no, think we did. No, no. no. Oh, I, one scene, um, a tiny one, I think. Um, you get in the back of the car, but it was a lot. Of, it was a couple of, of seconds, weren't it? A yeah, couple yeah, of, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. but I remember sort of seeing you around set and seeing you know to, to the, the place that you was going, and it was kind of like I never knew what it was going to be like. But then when I watched '86 and saw what you did with that, it was like fucking hell how can the man who's the genuinely one and i'm not just saying this because you're because you're here now but i'll say it to everyone who i know that you are one of the most gentle humbling lovely men i've ever met and when i try (laughs) to explain to people how nice you actually are they're like i can't i don't i can't believe it i can't believe it so it just goes to show what a great job you did with that because people you know people sort of can't let go of what you did with that so it really 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 it was fucking oh, bless you mate bless you mate it's weird for me because i don't look the truth of it is i'd love to sit here and give um like some method or something like attach what i do to some method you know but i don't you know i don't know about you guys but i'm a magpie man i'll take it from anywhere you know i'll take a bit of this a bit of that yeah. i just try to find the truth in some way and some sometimes i I fell and I look a bit silly doing that on set or whatever, you know, but you've got to be willing to go there. So I don't even know what it is I do really. So it's funny for yeah. me to hear it from your guys' perspective, you know, because I'm just kind of, you know, rattling around trying to trying to work it out. But um, Yeah, you I kind of, like you that. said, you put truth into it, don't you? Sorry, mate, what was you saying? Oh, well, that was the best advice I ever got on acting. You know, you hear all these kind of long-winded explanations of what acting is and someone said to me, hit your mark and find the truth, you know? And it's, um, yeah. it's easier said than done that. You know, when you've got uh, makeup and... Uh, lights burning in your face and you've got the other actor doing their lines and trying to remember your lines and an accent and all of that it's easier said than done but ultimately that's your job like that, yeah you that's it stuff? i remember my dad or my dad said to me from a very young age he said three things to me about being not about being an actor just about being an adult and he always said well he said always be on time never be late always learn your lines don't be a prick they're the three things that he always <laughs> said to me yeah. learn your lines don't be late. Don't be a prick. And yeah. they're the they're the three things that I that I sort of live and you've, by. And, and you've completely ignored him all your yeah, life. Yeah, I've mastered two of them. I've mastered two of them. I'm always on time, and I know my lines, but I can't help being a prick. You know what? I mean? you know what? I've, I've always said it like you know. I, on a good day, I believe this. Like you know, is is the thing that I, I've done a couple of talks at drama schools, and you're talking to students, and they're like, "Well, what's this? What's that?" And I said, "Listen, the first thing you need to learn, like, is the value of please and thank you." You know, I didn't learn that in a drama yeah. school. I think I learned it as a kid. And and um and they'll get you a long way those two things you know yeah, I mean I've heard it sometimes because you know what it's like you get some idiots in the game and we seem to be getting on and stuff in this this age of sort of publicity and false publicity and stuff um but ultimately really like the, the people who've stuck around and the people who've like used to and, and you know like it's the people who, who are just good people really ultimately yeah. they're the people I think I, that's the important thing I think that is it yeah. and me, me and Andy was very very fortunate that our first director was Shane Meadows and it's like. Yeah. I mean, we and we just learned so so much yeah. overnight. I think you just learn so much overnight when you're working with Shane and people like Mark and people like yourself. We learn a lot from you. Learn a lot from Stephen Graham. I mean, you, you know, you, you're learning so much. You could even you can be on set with a with, with a child actor who's seven years old, and you can still learn from them. You can yeah. learn. You can learn from yeah. everyone that you're meeting on yeah. set. And yeah. that's, yeah. that's yeah. you've got it thing. right there about the magpie. 
Like it is like oh. being a magpie yeah. and it just going, oh yeah, like okay, because because I'm like that. I wouldn't say method, but like you know what I mean. Sometimes it, you are a little bit method and you you kind of catch yourself out like. Oh, that was a bit like I've not come out of my character all day, or you know what I mean? And yeah, you know, making different things. He said um, in an interview, like he said, the whole thing's mad, really. Like the whole thing's, but like, because someone was accusing him of being kind of mental and whatnot, like. And he said, "Look, who's this? Sorry, Johnny, who's uh, this? Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis. Oh, right, yeah. He's like one of the ultimate examples of method, I guess. You know, one of the most acute sort of (laughs) clarity examples of a method actor. And he said, "Look, everything we do is ridiculous. We're pretending to be other people. You know, we're wearing." funny costumes we're like everything's ridiculous what does it matter if you're in the corner doing press-ups or like the whole thing's ludicrous really you know like and once you realize that you know and you sort of someone said what does it take take your craft seriously but not yourself you know and yeah i, well, I guess the master at encouraging that isn't he like you know yeah. you know like it couldn't be um like you know you, you, you've all got a common purpose on that set and you're like it's like you're all fighting for the same cause on that film. You all know why there. It feels personal, doesn't it? That that whole thing that you're doing feels so personal, more than any other set I've ever had it on. To be honest. Yeah, ever. yeah. It's I'm it's it's so totally. When particularly when you've got to take yourself to an emotional state for for a job, I find that when you're on This Is England or when we're on it, you don't even realise that you're doing it. You you just it just happens. Because you're so attached to the characters, and when you, when I see Andy Ellis upset, that upsets me. Yeah, you know that 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 yeah. me as Tomo upsets me. And yeah. when I see if I see Joe Gilgan upset, that upsets me. So it's kind of funny, but you know when you go on to another set and you've kind of got a and, and you've got to take yourself to this emotional state. I find that the process of getting to to these emotional states. Is so much harder when you're on when I'm on any other job. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's but yeah. yeah but then, like you said, you've got a, you've got a because I want it to be real and I, and you want it to be truthful. And shame really got like shame will protect that. Like any any anything you know. I'll tell you what I do remember right because we didn't have scenes together, but I remember in rehearsals, um, we were all there, weren't we? And we all did different. Yeah. Shame would send me out in the street in the character, you know, and stuff like that. But I remember there was one bit where he had all of you, like we were all doing it. We all took turns to sit in character in a chair and the rest of the cast got to ask you questions and stuff. Yeah. And um, and you like, so you like, were all asking Mick questions and you all started getting really angry at me. Like I remember Tomo specifically started going, but why are you doing that to Lola? And, they, and then you started getting really protective of Vicky and Lola. Mm. And it well, all, that's it. It's because you, know, you get so attached to these people as characters and as your family as well, you know, like yeah, it, it, it's such a it's such a strange thing. I think yeah. that the whole the whole this is England crew is mental. And we were talking to Vicky on an earlier podcast, just saying how how weird it'd be to go back now, having learned so much as actors yeah. now, because now we've all we've all grown up and we've got kids and houses and yeah. and we, we take ourselves not ourselves, we take our jobs more serious. Like yeah. now, I, I wouldn't dream of going out on the piss now if I know I've got work the day after. Whereas this is England, it's sort of like, it, it is the done thing, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas now, it'd be interesting because I don't know, I don't know how I'd, how I'd cope. Yeah, and that was the thing though, was it, in a weird way, like, and, and I'm very, very careful when I say this, like, because there's no excuse for bad behaviour on a set. However, the, the atmosphere and the spirit on this is England was essential to it. Like the fact that yeah. you that's what I meant about how I had to be separate from it. It wasn't like, oh, I don't want to be with those guys. Like it was the, that that infectious spirit was the infectious spirit that's on the screen. 
like you believe it on the screen because it's real and like mm. you guys were like that constantly all the time it was fluid it was fluent and there was almost no no gap between action and cut and it just all blurred into one and yeah, so that's why i couldn't be around it. it was it was so real it was so kind of um it was beautiful <laughs> and it was lovely wasn't it and um yeah it really is it's like no other job um but that we don't we, yeah we we we've spoke more i think about this is england now than we ever have done on any other episode um but i mean it's great it's great to have you on but um what we do every episode is obviously we get a, a guest to come on with a subject that they feel is overrated yeah. um and when we was on the phone the other day me and you and we had a chat I, we, we came up with a few different ones but the one that you settled on was what what which one did you, you I settle on with, um, <laughs> i regret it now i went with fear you went I with fear with, <clears throat> fear is overrated man it's, well, it's probably the most overrated thing on the planet and that you know like fear it's um you know it's um it's an imposter isn't it you know and um so i went with that and then um and then i was chatting with vicky earlier because like you know you guys know vicky's like my closest friend on yeah. the planet you know we speak every day we you know she's, she's my closest mate and so we were laughing earlier you know because she was telling me her choices and i went oh no i said i think i've gone all serious and i've gone <laughs> no <laughs> it's all good i mean yeah but I, that's I, the beauty I, of it like we have different, you know, we, we have people come on with like really serious stuff like this. You know, people have come on and spoke about all sorts, really kind of serious stuff. And then some people come on and speak about like Stephen came on and spoke about fine dining. You know, Vicky's was centre parks. Like it doesn't matter. They can be ridiculous. They can be specific. They yeah. can be serious. Like, you yeah. know, it's just the, the nature Listen, of it, I guess. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a male in his 40s. Like, you know, so from I'm at that stage of life where everything's overrated, you know. There comes a point <laughs> where you cross a line where you become a belligerent old fart, you know, and just everything's overrated. So if you tell me something, I can tell you why it's overrated. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, fear's kind of like, you know, and I'm thinking at the moment, obviously, you know, like in a time where yeah. there's justified kind of fear. Like, and, and that's the problem, you know, like you've got to work out the difference in life between fear and prudence, you know, because fear's around for a reason. You know, it, it helps you to, yeah. you know, if you're in a jungle and a lion's running after you, fear will be a good thing. <laughs> it might get you that extra yard, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, let's face it, 90% of the times, like, you know, in our society, certainly the Western society, you know, we, we live on fear, you know, and so much of it's empty and hollow. And there's a great Mark, uh, Mark Twain quote. And he said, um, I've lived through some terrible, terrible things in my life. And some of them even happened, you know, the rest of them are in my head. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. an existent. Tom and I were laughing at, we were talking about Ian Brown's, uh, F-E-A-R, you know, fear. Yeah, it's a great track. Great, great tune. I, I, great I, I, I've been listening to it pretty much on repeat since you sent it to me. Yeah. I love it. Cool tune, isn't it? You know, but yeah. just the whole thing, like that song breaking it down into sort of anachronisms and stuff. And, you know, it, it's, it's an imposter, isn't it? Like, you know, fear killed more dreams than failure ever did. You know, like it's, it's, yeah. you know. Well, I guess it's kind of like, but it's sort of, it's forced onto us nowadays, though, I think, particularly with social media. Yeah. It's like, I, when when all the you know everything that's going on at the moment with COVID nineteen, um, it is literally when when it all started, I was I, I had my phone in front of my face and I was reading all these things on Facebook that might not necessarily be true. There's a lot a lot of bullshit behind it, but it was scaring me. I was genuinely getting in bed at night and I was thinking, yeah. I've read all this, I've read all that, and now I've got a headache and I don't know what's going on because I, have I got it? And it's like everything that you're reading on online. Yeah. It's just 
people are out there being scaremongers. That's what they're doing. They're out there and they get they get a buzz off sharing bullshit news that really can affect people. Do you know what I mean? And, and some of that, you know, like on some deep, deep level that I kind of, you know, there's a, people who are a lot more eloquent than me that can explain it. But like, you know, that's just because they're in fear. And their little way of controlling the world that they fear so much is by going out and causing fear, you know, and and like you know that's their way of taking control in a a, a, a strange. So, that, so they're not alone in fear. Yeah, it's like you know they don't even know they're doing it. It's not like a like this is the problem. I think it's so much of it is subconscious. We don't even know it. And 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 even yeah. before the internet, let's face it, our media, the very thing that we see probably more than anything else in the world, you know, that box in the corner of our room, it's in our front room probably more than our families and you know like we sit with that box in the corner of the room and don't even get me started on the the, the shit rags and the you, you know like i mean uh, sorry i won't swear but you know like no, no, it's um, but you know like the tabloid newspapers and, and stuff like you know um and, and we've all got That's... friends work in those things and stuff like you know but it is what it is man there's no point dressing it up as anything it's not they're scaremongering that's how they exist like that's yeah, yeah. And that's not a conspiracy theory. That's a fact. Like they exist. Yeah. It's like these radio shows that stir up debate, you know, and it's like, let's get to the truth. And, you know, you, you could go on there with any subject. They will find the debate in it. They will find a way of stirring up fear within it because it causes debate and it keeps them in a job and it gets people buying newspapers. And, you know, and then there's all sorts of theories that that goes even bigger, you know, that that, that helps the system that we have stay in place, you know. But But ultimately, for whatever reasons they do it, whether we understand them or not, those newspapers pump, pump fear into us every single day. Daily, daily. Like massively. And there's no way out of it. And so therefore, no. our, our, you know, our whole subconscious is, um, is full of fear. We wake up with it sometimes. Like, you know, it's just on us constantly. And it's, it's interesting now. I don't know about you guys, but this kind of isolation period. And, you know, I've kind of got a little understanding of it anyway, because I've just my life's evolved that way. You know, I've explored things like meditation and stuff for a while now you know but um and at the risk of sounding sort of pious and hippie and and whatnot you know it works in my life like you know letting go letting go of fear you know well that's the thing that you've got to do as an individual you've got to find something that whether it be sitting on a computer game whether it be sitting and doing a puzzle whether it's sitting and meditation if you can find something that takes you away from the fear that is literally forced upon us throughout Mm. the day then that's great. Do you know what I mean? You can you can find solace in that it, it, one hour of meditation or one hour of playing a computer game. Well, one, um, yeah. well, one of the one of the you know the most powerful sources of faith, like because faith is the opposite of fear. The only thing that can beat fear is faith, you know, in something. And so one of the most powerful sources of that is community, is connecting yeah. with others. And um, and so you know the, the the main problem there is is if you look at these papers consistently throughout history doesn't matter which um section of society were the then immigrants whether it was the irish or whether it was then the indians or the west indians or you know the eastern europeans or you know like whatever section of the community the papers were pumping hatred at us what they're saying ultimately is you are different you are different you are different do not trust this section of people they're taking your jobs robbing your homes there you know and it keeps everyone separate and so you know, if um, if we're all kept separate like that, then it's hard to have faith. You know, if you don't know each other, we're in an age, mm. where, you know, um, most of us don't know who our neighbours are, you know. And, and so yeah. there's, there's some amazing stuff coming out of this 
thing now. You know, we all know that the yeah, the, some the, great, the, great stuff. Yeah, you know, there's some like uh, that NHS clap. Yeah, uh, the oh, other it's amazing. We amazing. are neighbours, like my, my two neighbours, who are lovely, and I've you know deliberately got to know them. And um, Kat and Harry, and I said to them, you know. Um, or they said to me, are you going out tonight? And I said, yeah, absolutely. But my cynicism and my fear, see, here you go again. My fear was saying, well, it'll only be us out there, you know? Like, but I said, yeah, I'm going out, even if it's just us three. Let's go out and do it. And yeah. um, we live in these blocks, so it was just us talking about it. And then we went out at 8 o'clock, the whole block. I saw, I saw on your Instagram, it was yeah. amazing. I mean, honestly, I got emotional. My sister's mm. working on the front line, you know? She's not NHS, but she's a... Uh, She's a manageress of a boots uh, chemist, you know, and she's there with people screaming at her and, you know, and, and all of that. And, um, and you know, and, and uh, I thought of her that night and I heard that applause and I got emotional, mate, you know, and, and yeah. came into my flat that night. I don't know about you, but I was buzzing. I was alive. And I'll tell you what I was. I was fearless. In that, yeah. I was fearless. I believed in my community around me. I believed in, you know, um, people and uh, my sister and things like that and I felt full of faith yeah <clears throat> yeah and it's good it's good that things like that like I, I remember when I first saw the, the 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 poster that had been posted on Instagram that uh, um on the Monday everyone was going to clap for the NHS um eight o'clock and I thought oh, that's a great idea that's a great and then suddenly that then snowballed and everybody was sharing it everybody knew about it and I was thinking this is the shit I want to see yeah I want to yeah. see this yeah. I want to go on my Instagram and see, wow, that's happening, or something. Something else came up on mine earlier on that um, there was a, a a very small cul-de-sac, um, and there's a little lonely old lady, and they created a WhatsApp WhatsApp group of I don't know, maybe eight of eight or nine neighbours, and this little old lady, she said she was really struggling, she was really lonely. So what these guys did is they went onto the front of, in a distance, and they all had a cup of tea and just chatted with each other with yeah. this old lady who was said that she was struggling and she was feeling lonely. And I thought, well, that's such a great, like, it's such a great thing for the community to do to, to yeah. actually help each other. Do you know what I mean? Instead yeah. of just going, oh, miserable Barbara at 94, yeah. you know, she's yeah. fucking Mardy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, and it's nice that all these things are, they're the only things that I'll share on social media, like the, the clap for the NHS and the good news and yeah. the progress that the NHS are making with the virus. I'm yeah. not, I, I, you know, I'm, I'll avoid all the, all the, the bad news because, that's what society is at the minute it's just full of bad news so yeah. you know if you can try and share a good bit of news then you certainly should you know we've got a common peril for the first time in our generation really i'm thinking like you know unless it's sort of um like you know you get other examples like there's you know like if it snows or something for example you just feel a bit of a difference in the air we've all got a common yeah. peril. like sometimes you see people nodding at each other in the street when it snows and because we're all surprised by this common event you know yeah on a, on a more sort of a dark level you know wars bring people together like things like that when there's common tragedy common it brings qualities out that we just never knew were in people our family yeah. members um we see people in a different light and i think with this thing it's the first time in probably our generation where we've had a, a genuine common peril and also because we're all going through it the whole world as well yeah. like it's never so, been the whole world either yeah. has it i guess Do you well, know what i mean there's a genuine sort of threat and there's you know and we're right to fear it you know fear yeah. is a Fear, like it's, it's like anything i'm not saying like don't have fear i'm just saying it's overrated <laughs> yeah know? yeah like, and it, like you said to wash your hands great you know if yeah. fear makes you be careful if it makes you look out for your neighbor great but it's like it's like for every sin there's a virtue and the line between the two is always blurred one minute you're yeah. sitting in happy solitude and you're thinking i could do this for the rest of my life without even knowing it it's turned into isolation 
and fear. Yeah. And you don't know how, like, you know, and it's the same with, um, you know, love and lust or, you know, with like with anything like, you know, one minute you're in the virtuous sort of version of it. And uh, and then if you're not mindful, you know, you've slipped into well, it's human actually to, to go that way. But we need to be mindful of it so we can get yeah. back. And it's very difficult to do that when en masse um, the, the majority of our mainstream media and politics, you know, are pumping fear. At us. I'm even to be honest, um, I loathe politics, loathe it with a passion. I loathe all of them. It's the truth of it. You know, I'm a, look, yeah. you know, I'm a staunch uh, uh, Labour voter, you know, but um, but the whole Blair thing even rocked that for me, you know, like just, you know, like so politics in general for me is a just something it's, you know, it's something I leave to other people in many ways. But um, and it's not apathy. You know, I feel deeply, yeah, passionate, yeah. but it really upsets me. But, the, you know, um, even that at the moment, you know, even our politicians, they're not just doing this childish, like tiring, childish energy sapping soul destroying shouting across the room at each other where we're all watching it and just it's breaking our souls i think because these are yeah. the people are meant to be leading us and at the moment even they're talking with a common purpose you know even like boris or whoever you know like you know th there's a chance here i'm not saying we'll take it and i'm not saying it it will go that way but there's definitely a it's the biggest chance we've ever had of change ever yeah well, yeah well I, i've said this I've said this a couple of times, probably on the podcast now to a few people, but the way I'm seeing this, hopefully, is, um, you know, when, like, you see in films or you might have heard of a friend or someone who's had, like, a, a bit of a health scare, you know, the doctor said, oh, if you don't stop smoking, you're going to get this or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's This is, like, humanity's health scare. This should be now us going, right, no, we need to live every day now, like, it's yeah. it's the best, like, you know, after this, so... Yeah. hopefully things will change and, and we'll treat the planet a bit better and you know because things like global warming a lot of people don't you know kind of think oh it's years away it's years away it's not like this should now show us that catastrophe can be tomorrow you know whether yeah. it's another pandemic or it's war or whatever yeah. you know it's hopefully yeah people will grow from this I think. chance man like you know look at the reality of this we're probably going to take some bits and leave some bits behind and go back to normal and on on other bits and and whatever but there, there is genuinely a chance i think for yeah. the first time ever probably in most of our lives um we've had a little taste of it of what it might be like you yeah. know it's yeah. hard when like, like in everyday life right if you've got some sort of left winger or some sort of spiritual guru spouting this stuff and saying well this would be lovely and that would be lovely it's very hard to even contemplate it when you've then got that hub and that machine pumping the other message at you saying no you need more you need this but at the moment we're all trapped at home there is no mythical race out there at the moment that we're missing out on there's no mythical party out there that we're missing out on you know, there's no money out there to be chased and earned because we all need it because the papers are telling us we do because we haven't got the same amount as flipping Kardashian or whoever. You know, like, um, I don't even know the girl, so I shouldn't say that. But you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, you know, you're right. You're right. Because, like, you know, this mythical competition that's pumped yeah. into us. And at the moment, there is no competition. We're all in the same boat. Everyone. Yeah. We're all in the same boat. And it's like a, I think I even get it now, just sitting at home on my own with nothing really to do, you know, other than stay calm, help me little family, you know, my mum lives up not, not too far, you know, like little things where you go, right, that's all we've got to do and that's it. And then out of nowhere, you'll go to bed. Some nights I can go to bed with complete faith in the world, you know, complete mm. faith. I put my head on the pillow and I wake up the next morning and I don't know what's happened overnight and I don't know how they've climbed into my ear or whatever, but it seems like people have climbed in and it's turned into World War Three, and I wake up yeah. in fear again. 
And it's like, and that's when I have to do things to combat that, like meditation and stuff, just to get myself centered back and go, no, hold on, everything's okay. Everything. I woke up the other morning feeling that, like feeling like, you know what, this is all very lovely and it's all good and whatever, but I do need to be doing things. You know, I've got to write King Lear or I've got to fucking, like there's things I've got to be doing. And then I was reminded again, no, no one's doing anything. And I think that's really helpful is knowing that it's happening en masse. Yeah. That we're all in this period of just all we have to do at the moment is nothing. And it's a weird, yeah. it's a weird time. It's like, you, all, when, when there isn't a global pandemic, if you sit around the house all day and do nothing and don't get dressed until three in the afternoon, you feel guilty about doing that. Whereas now it is literally, it's guilt free time to spend time with your families and communicate with people. We're, obviously we can't do it face to face, which is a shame, but you know, even like us catching up now over this, you know, yeah. it's a great time for people like, you know, the, the, the This Is England group chat thing we've got going on, which Johnny's not part of, actually. I didn't think oh, about I that. I have got a single one. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, this, I'm, I'm going to join that one then. Yeah, yeah we'll get, yeah, you get in it, straight get in it, yeah. Well, um, but every, everyone's getting these group chats and everyone's and everyone's becoming closer and everyone's sort of spending more time wondering how everyone's getting on do you know what i mean because yeah. we've got nothing but time to check in on each other yeah. so the the whole fear of, of everything that's going on outside the good is happening inside i think and it, it's, yeah. it's good that that the public are finally listening that you you need to stay inside it's as simple as that no, yeah, I, I mean I, yeah I, 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 my, yeah go on andy go on mate. I, I was gonna say for my like personal one with that like you say like you know i've i I'm kind of lucky in a way because with our kind of job, we, we do kind of spend a lot of time at home and then we go away for a little bit and whatnot. But I'm spending time like with my family. Like, you know, there's the four of us. We're all stuck in together. And it's like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm teaching my little girls things that I'd, I I wouldn't have time to do. You know, we've been doing this and that. And, and I think, obviously, like I say, I've always kind of had that anyway. But there's probably fathers and mothers out there that work nine to five office jobs or whatever who have now got that with the kids and it's such a nice thing to 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 be a part of I guess like my little girl um my oldest because she'll remember it she'll always remember this as probably one of the happiest times of her life I think Mm. which which is which is amazing she'll always remember that long summer that she had off school and we just played all day and we watched tv and we we, we baked you know what I mean And, and that's that's the nice thing, I guess, from it. Do you know what I mean? Well, That's I, I, any change, any change is instigated out of love. Like you can't, yeah. can't um, demand people change. You just can't. You can't have a war for peace. It never works. You know, like it does. It simply doesn't work as a philosophy. So, you know, it will always grow again. And and you know, any real fundamental, genuine change comes out of experiencing the good version. You know, so like you can't yeah. say, so, like I heard a guy today, right? Um, I went out today for the first time in 10 days and I went and got my little food shop and, um, you know, and it was silent out, you know, like, and I live in a busy, I live in the Elephant and Castle, like I live in a busy, busy, very sort of, you know, um, uh, heavily um, populated area of London, you know, and it's, and it was quiet out, you know, the air feels clean, like the air just feels clean mm. up, scientific factor back that up. All I'll say is the air felt clean, you know, um, wow. and I was walking up, you know, and it was kind of silent out and people were queuing up orderly outside the supermarket because we have to, we have to keep distance. This thing's forcing us to do it. And um, 
So that was nice, seeing people queue up in an orderly fashion, you know. Yeah. Um, but a guy went past in a car and he was stopped at the lights, right? And he had this kind of very, very intense music coming out, right? It was, it was by anyone's, it doesn't matter what genre it was, but it was aggressive, you know? It was like, I heard the word bitch like four times, you know, when you're just like, it was dense music. And um, now you could try and force that guy in a sense, like I, I would want to impose my will on that and go, mate, turn the music off, will you? We're not in the ghetto, you know, like there is no ghetto. If you feel like you're in the ghetto, it's in your head. Because at the moment, everyone's just relaxed and calm and there's bigger problems. Like, you know, it, it just right sizes everything. And um, and and I think like, you know, you can't tell people what to listen to, what not to do, what not ever. I think people have just got to slowly enjoy the silence. Yeah. And, you know, and, and maybe that guy will eventually be overcome with that and think, you know what? I quite like being in peace. I don't want It's a very calm time. Yeah. Things are very calm, aren't they? And I've noticed that people are very, um, people in the streets, if you are queuing for the supermarket, people are being really friendly and gentle and, and caring about each other, caring about strangers and people they don't know. Yeah. You know, whereas it, it, it could go, it could have gone the other way. It could have gone people badging everyone out of the way. God, I need to get this. Yeah. Whereas it seems like now, everyone's taking it serious and everyone's on the same sort of page that people just, yeah, like you said, people just want a bit of calm and tranquility and just to just try and put whatever's going on to the back of their minds. That's a good example. I think, I think if I'm right, like, and again, we're generalizing here, but, and, and again, it's that fear machine that tells us the news. Like I stopped reading the papers. Genuinely. I genuinely like Vicky, I tell you this, I stopped. It was a, it was a decision almost like about, it's got to be five years ago, something like that. Like it was, it's a good, good period of time now where I deliberately made a choice not to read the newspapers. Now I'm on social media. I've got um, Instagram and I've got, you know, so uh, and a Facebook where I keep in touch with my friends and family. But like, so roughly speaking, like I'm going to see the news. Like the fear is then is that I'll yeah. miss out on something. You know, I'm going to miss out if I don't read the news and you know or, or whatever. And um, it's just not true. I, I, I can't quantify. Like you know, there's certain celebrities and that, that I don't know the name of. I like that. Like, I love it. Like, yeah. like, winds me up about it, you know, because she'll say to me, oh, have you heard what's happening? Well, what? Like, I don't know who that is. And she laughs. Like, <laughs> I know it's true. And then she laughs. She winds me up. She thinks I'm a miserable old kid. But the truth of it is, like, is it makes me really happy not to know. I don't really want to know. what the Yeah, like ignorance is bliss almost. I don't want to know that nonsense. It says, there's a great old Smith song, Panic. Panic on the yeah, street. Yeah, panic, panic on the streets of London. Street. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there's a lovely line. He says, hang the blessed DJ because the music that he constantly plays, it says nothing to me about my life. And that's the media for me. Like, hang the blessed media because the, what they pump down my throat, it says nothing to me. It doesn't matter to me how many millions Simon Cowell's worth. It means nothing to me. You know, I want to know how my sister is. I want to know how my nephews are. I want to know how Vicky's getting on today. You know, like, mm. like does my neighbour need a little bit of food? You know, like real things, real things. And I don't want to set myself yeah. up as an like angel. We're all in this world. We're all... You know, like I'm as fearful as the next man. This is what I'm saying. There's no such thing as the absence of fear. Someone said that courage is not the absence of fear. It's doing things despite fear. You know? Yeah, yeah. Just think once you do that a few times and you break the myth, you know, um, and it's a daily thing. Like I say, I can have this now some days and think I've got this sussed. I'm fearless. And, and, I, and the world is a beautiful place and it's going to give to me as much as I give to it. And I believe in that, you know. As much as I, the next day, I'll be full of fear again, you know, because that's just. Yeah. But on a daily basis, the more fear I've been able to put aside, 
some of the some of the greatest things I've ever done in my life. The, the experiences I look back on and think, like, I can't believe that's possible. Including this is England. Including all of those things. That's why Shane's such a great director. Is what he does is he removes the fear for you. Yeah. I, I, let's face it. I've worked with other directors and they kind of bring fear to the set a little bit, and it stifles everyone, you know. Mm. Um, whereas Shane's kind of like, mm. yeah. I always remember when we done that exercise where you guys were asking me questions and everything and i was sitting there and i got quite tense right like you know because there was an energy you guys were attacking me and and i remember getting a bit tense and i'd wanted to try this thing with my jaw you know this thing it's like a like i got an uncle who does it and i just kind of thought up and i tried it once before on another project and the director belittled me i was like i was unknown as an actor and the director made a joke and said what's that thing you're doing with your jaw and i said oh it's something when he gets tense i'm wondering if it might work and they just laughed at it and went like no it looks a bit weird mate you know and it, and i didn't i was too young to or too immature or too scared too fearful yeah. to argue you know or to make my point or to be brave enough to try it and um so i just let it go and, and it embarrassed me a bit so i never did it again and then during that exercise with you lot something happened where i was getting tense and i, and I just did it i started to do it you know and the breathing thing and um, I remember the breathing so vividly. Yeah, I, I remember, remember that. It, yeah. And Catherine so vividly. Um, done the beard because I'd seen a postcard of the screen, Monk's uh, painting the screen. And, and he's yeah, yeah. long. And I, and I remember Catherine angled the beard downwards and we started to find the character. And uh, and then I started doing that jaw thing in the rehearsal. And this long face, he's <laughs> like, we're all getting angry with him. And, it, and, then, and then Shane called Cut. And he went, what's that thing you're doing with your chin, buddy? Uh, with your jaw and I, and, uh, and I thought oh no in my head I thought ah oh. and I went yeah no don't worry about it it's all right it's just something I was trying but I can get rid of it he went no more of that buddy it's terrifying he said I love it and he just encouraged me <laughs> your you know? shady pressure's amazing man. yeah it's so yeah, smart. It's wonderful, isn't it <laughs> <laughs> it's just like watching Shane appear out of nowhere. <laughs> he does a good one of me, apparently. He kills me, apparently. <laughs> and, uh, I always get I, I always get scared when people say, Oh, my mate, my mate does a great impression of you. I'm like, Oh, oh yeah. my god. And then you watch it like stop it like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you, yeah, yeah, that's he it. The that he took fear away. You know, he took fear yeah. away. And then like it, you feel like you can fly, can't you? You know, it's like um you know, and um yeah, fear, man, it's you know, look, the, the more I've let go of it over the years, and I've worked hard at it, you know, it was kind of part of, um, you know, I won't go too much into it, but like part of me getting sober, really, you know, like, because I, I didn't realise I was scared. That's the other problem. I grew up yeah. as a kid. I'd found all sorts of ways to mm. say to the world, I'm not scared. You know, I, I was a champion boxer at 16, and, you know, and, and if you'd have looked at me on the outside, you know, national champion as a boxer, uh, then became kind of an actor, you know, performing in front of people in little theatres and stuff. And you'd have looked at that bloke. And especially if I had a drink in me, you know, like, you know, we all think we're Superman when we've had a, a beer, you know, but you'd have looked at him and thought he's fearless. He's fearless, you know, and all the men I grew up with, I looked at and thought they're fearless. That is fearlessness. You know, I grew up in quite a sort of... Um, you know um aggressive area really you know and you'd sort of look at those people and think they're fearless and the more i've kind of got sober i guess and the more i've kind of explored this principle of fearlessness and fear and faith um the, i realized i was terrified as a kid terrified the reason i went to that boxing club it's the reason i wrote my film jawbone is, is because that place was like my church that place was the place i went to i didn't know this i just went there and punched a bag but when I look back on it now with the knowledge I've got now about things like meditation and things like that, I realized that that boxing club was my church. When you're in that ring 
they like because they say meditation is in the dictionary one of the definitions of it is a period of concentrated thought that's it you don't have to be wearing robes you don't have to be sitting cross-legged you don't have to be on top of a mountain it's a period of concentrated thought read a book yeah. listen to read a, a book go through a run Careful what you listen to I watched, as, as random as it sounds like um I, I i find i used to hate doing it washing pots but yeah. now i use that now like you know i'll be like i'll do it i'll do the pots and i'll just yeah. stand there for a good 10 minutes and it's just like concentrating on that and that's yeah. all i need to focus on and it's so it's just you know it's, it's the most boring of tasks that you have to do but it actually you know at what? the end of it like, well, oh, that's the that's reason nice. i want to write um jawbone you know people think maybe it's a boxing film it's not it's a spiritual film and the reason it's that is because i realized once i learned it in later life in sort of yeah sobriety i, I kind of um i realized then that that boxing club you know when someone's throwing punches at you in the ring you know you're not thinking about two seconds ahead or or what happened this afternoon you're totally in the present you know because yeah. that spirituality is based around is living in the present moment and not living in the future because you'll fear you'll fear it you fear things that aren't even going to happen you know or you'll be full of shame or uh, remorse about things in your past but you know when you're in the present everything's perfect everything is perfect when you're in the present moment like right right now you need nothing else you might want more you might want to win the lottery you might want to get the girl you might want to get all of these things that hollywood tell you this is going to make you happy if you yeah, get, yeah. if you uh you know win the world title if you do this then you'll be happy it's a myth it's yeah a happiness myth. is in the journey right oh, happiness is the believe me like you don't have to trust your own journeys to, to pull from but all of us anyone who's listening to this like if you think about your like right now in this moment you've got everything you need and i don't say that flippantly like i've i've been skint i've been more skint than most in some time in my life like you know like um i'm from a working class back you know we all are like you know so i'm not saying this flippantly it ain't about that that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking right here right now if you've got a faith in something that's bigger than yourself you'll realize you're okay you're okay right now and if you're able to sit with that without the fear you will find the next right step to take in life you will find it but fear when it's pumped at you, man, it will cripple you. You know, sometimes you can't even get off the couch for fear. It's like procrastination like or, or sloth was the old word for procrastination. Someone said it's yeah. uh, sloth in five syllables. It's the same thing, you know, but and it looks like laziness. You know, when you see someone who's slothful or procrastinating, you know, and they're on the couch and you think, well, get up and write that book, you lazy git, whatever. It, like it's not laziness. It's fear, fear of living. Yeah, something's holding them back. I can't write that book. I'm, you know, I'm too young to do that, or I'm too old to do that, or yeah. I'm too big to go and do that. It, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, because you feel like you're not good enough, and that's why it's hard when you've got the newspapers saying, "Well, these people are brilliant, these people are beautiful, and these people have, you know, got billions, and these people are great, and these people are doing things you could never dream of." It's all making you feel like you're not good enough. Well, that, it, that, that's. I think. Sorry, go on, Johnny. Go on, go on. No, that's what we're realizing now. The, the people yeah, yeah, exactly. The people who, who deliver our letters, the people like my sister on the front line in Boots, the chemists and the NHSs and the, you know, the, now we're realising where real value is. You know, where's the worth in what those people are earning millions around? What's it worth now? Nothing. They're still sat in isolation, exactly maybe, the same maybe, of us. You know, someone gets but, entertainment from it or something. I don't know, you know, but like, where's the real, the real tangible worth of it now? You know, like I tell you where you're going to find your worth now is your... Your, your your friend or your family member who's going to be there when you're a bit down you know like and um you know yeah i'm getting heavy aren't i <laughs> no, no, no genuinely mate i could lit 
I was just literally thinking just then I could listen to you talking all day because you're talking so much sense and 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 the respect that that you have for people is like it's just admirable really but it's true what you say about the about the media and and how they portray they they can make people feel like they're not good enough young girls for instance say they they're seeing all these these big superstars in LA with the with the lip fillers and the, and the and the bodies that are all perfect and the really long beautiful hair and then there's young girls who haven't got the the money or the resources for that so they feel inadequate. They feel like they're not good enough to be out on the street. And, th- and then that can spiral into a whole different state of depression and anxiety and things like that. And I guess that's that's what the, the media and social media are doing is it's I, I just they're just contributing towards the, the downfall of society in a way for the people who are vulnerable to it. Do you know what I mean? Social media is interesting, isn't it? It's like it's beyond my scope. I, I don't know what I'm talking about, really. But, the you know, the, the idea that at least with that there's balance like when it comes through a sort of a channeled media you know like like yeah. let's say for, for argument's sake just to keep the numbers simple let's say you've got four national newspapers and two television channels you know when that's your sole mode of information your sole mode of communication um then you can only hope that those people are virtuous and good and wanting good for everyone else because if they're not, we're in trouble because there's nothing to balance. Those sources of media say uh, this is bad and that's bad and you should be scared of this. There's nothing to counterbalance it and go, well, hold on, hold on. We're going to be all right here. You know, like there's no there's no balance really to that. There is with good media and good journalism. And and I'm, mm. I'm a great, great fan of that. I think, you know, when when a, a kind of um, a channeled media like that, um, you know, with great journalism, I'm talking about people who can really write and people who, you know, have, have um, achieved some sort of awakening in life where they're able to report um, with balance and with faith and with hope. And they can report the stuff that we're meant to be fearing, uh, fearing you know, but they do it with balance then. And it's it's um, yeah. balanced journalism is a wonderful, wonderful thing. But we don't have that. Yeah. In, in the majority now, I would say, of our journalists. And so the social media thing's interesting. In the, it, look, it's like the Wild West at the moment. It's, it's a, a yeah, free it's, isn't it? Everyone's fighting yeah. for uh, land. You know, it's it's like, you know, we've all rushed over to America and all trying to grab our little acre. You know, it's like, it's it's chaos. Like, you know, but maybe out of that, at least there's hope in that in some ways. Maybe not, but the, the, the people, like the trolls and, the, you know, they're never going to, you're never going to scream at them enough. You know, like you, you can smash those guys in the face in anger. You're not all you're going to do is st- you're, you're, you're still kind of um, you're confirming their own self-loathing. Really? Yeah. really. If someone well, said to them, listen, we've all kind of been there in our own ways. I've never done that trolling because it's never been my thing. But, you know, we've all in our own ways degraded ourselves in life in some way or another. Right. It, yeah. Like we just have in one way or another, whether it's with booze, whether it's with whatever. Because on some levels, we we feel like we're self-loathing or we're, we're not good enough. We've all gone through those stages in our life, you know. And if someone during that time has a go at you and says, you see you, you're disgraceful, you're letting your family, you know. If anything, it just confirms your self-loathing. The most painful thing that someone can do in that time is turn around and say, I love you. I love you, you know. Someone said to me once, I'm not religious. I'm not religious, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm spiritual, you know. I, I, I don't even know if I'm spiritual. Look, I'm a human being who... Yeah explores certain spiritual principles because because they work you know and um someone said to me once and i was i was really down on my luck and it was it's kind of like what what my film jawbone's about it's it's all about that and um and someone who i love very dearly said to me he said i love you 
and God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. You can carry on killing yourself. You can carry on smashing yourself to pieces. But I love you and God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. And it's that. Love's the thing that will change people. It really will. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. like Anyone who's been worth anything in history, in, in my book, just, you know, they're a capitalist out there, maybe disagree. They've got their own heroes. That's fine. I, I defend their right to have that. But for me, anyone in history who's worth two bob um, has come from that angle. I don't care who it is. Gandhi, John Lennon, uh, mm. you know, anyone, like anyone, great, great spiritual leaders, Buddha, <laughs> Muhammad Ali, you know, um, Malcolm X. Or, or, you know, uh, Martin Luther King, um, Dylan, you know, like anyone, anyone who's got anything really worthwhile listening to has often always said that love is the answer. And I just believe yeah. those guys more than I believe my media. That, that yeah. the answer is going and bombing the ass out of someone or, or pouring bombs down on kids. And I just don't believe that's the truth, I'm afraid. And, and um, no, and it's not the right way to, to go about it, I don't think. And it is amazing how they get away with that I just what would it take for, for them to stop particularly with, with with the things that the that these tabloids are printing they've got there's no facts behind them and they're openly able to abuse certain celebrities um, people in the limelight to the point where you know people's lives are being taken and nothing's happening <clears throat> to, to, to this to these people you know? but, but well something is happening and it's not a good yeah. thing and what's happening is is people are still buying them yeah so yeah. there's, there's there's also, it's not always a positive thing that happens. We have to accept that, man. We're flawed as yeah. people. It's in our nature to be like, it's like mm. I said, for every seven virtues, there's seven sins. Like my, my ludicrously like simple understanding of it. And, and I don't, you know, shout like, this is not something I'm professing onto other people. I'm just saying it keeps me happy in life, you know, but there are seven sins and there are seven virtues, you know, like there's love, whatever they are, you know, like, on on the sinful side you've got anger jealousy envy you know sloth um on the virtuous side you've got patience tolerance kindness love you know you've got seven of each roughly speaking to keep it simple and each day is um a battle i guess or a dance between the two and we all wake up with a choice each morning to say you know i'm feeling angry i'm feeling this i'm feeling that but what i really want to be is charitable i want to be helpful i want to be happy you know i want to be happy and um you know like that for example helping others you know i never realized that like um it's probably the greatest source of happiness you will ever tap into i never realized because yeah. i grew up with the opposite mantras i grew up with the kind of mantras that all my parents like my mum and my uncles and everyone we all grew up with that thing of like you know you keep yourself to yourself if someone hits you you hit them mm. back twice as hard you know um you know you, you you know don't share your secrets and 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 like that's the stuff that will kill you you know that in later life like the virtues say the opposite the virtues say share build community you know help others you know um like faith hope and charity really that's the sort of pyramid that most spiritual faiths are built on faith hope and charity keep a clean house trust god and help others so you know trust something bigger than you we're all having to do that at the moment yeah, yeah. Oh, we're all having to trust yeah. something's going to get us through it. You know, trust in that and um, help others where you can. And if you've got something that's really a dark ticket or something that you'd need to get out, get it out. You know, whereas what we've got with our media is like this shame culture. You know, they're constantly shaming people for their sexual things or whatever, and it's like rah. And then we're all laughing at those people, and it's it's horrible. Like you said, uh, this 
I don't want to mention names because it's, you know, but people taking their lives recently and that, and it's like this shame, like shaming people and saying they're different yeah. from us and they're not. Whatever that young girl went through recently, we've all gone through it at some point. 100%, yeah, 100%. We all have. did go through because I don't know anything about it, but, you know, I know a little bit from talking with friends and, you know, but like, um, whatever, you know, like you've seen people commit suicide because they've been shamed in the media and stuff. And you're just like, hold on, we're all doing that, aren't we? What did they do? What? Like, I don't know. Like, you know, we all know the things that we do where you think yeah. other people don't know that, you know, or whatever. You know, we're, we're all human beings, man. We're all human beings. And the more we um, realize that and and I, and I think what you need for that to happen is, um, you know, it's not some stern lecture from some like, in head teacher. It's it's feeling the opposite. It's feeling yeah. a bit, feeling a bit of compassion for your fellow man. You know, someone who you judge um and you kind of ridicule all of a sudden you see them as an actual person and it feels better than judging and ridic ridiculing them you know and and um that's how people will change eventually i guess like on an individual level who knows whether that could expand who knows none of us really know and, and my fear my fear tells me it can't happen it's just too big a thing yeah. but I have little pockets in my life where i've seen it work i've seen yeah, that's it. I mean a true democracy uh, uh, at work and it can happen you know where if people have got like a common peril or a common cause you will be amazed at the people that come together mm. i've heard stories about like you know um you know if people have a common peril like you know like 12-step fellowships or things you know and there's stories that are in northern ireland you had people from the catholic and the protestant sides coming together I remember yeah. when Barry McGuigan fought for the world title and like because they all wanted a hero and he was it at the time and, and you had people from the you know, these people were killing each other in every day, and yet they'd all come together for that common purpose. And this yeah, is, yeah. Oh, like, we all need a common purpose, and um, it's right there in front of us, really. It's life, you know, but it's hard to um, make that your your goal, your common purpose, when everyone else is telling you that ultimately, in one form or another, it's money. Yeah. It's money, you know, like that's what our security is. Now, money is our God. You know, um, I'm not saying whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. It is what it is. It's it's quite brilliant. Whoever invented it is, is you know, clearly um, it's a genius system in, in many ways and whatever. But um, but whether we like it or not, that is our God. That's the thing. Yeah. That that's the thing that we go. It's a shame that something like that just makes the world go round, isn't it? And everyone thinks that that's the route to the happiness. But, you know, sadly, it, well, in, in, in a lot of cases, it's proven that it isn't, you know. Well, the truth is, I guess, really, ultimately, it's balance, isn't it? This is what I'm trying to say. There is no virtuous life where we're all going to float around in robes and bowing at each other. And, you know what I mean? Like, but Unless the right job comes in and we're asked to audition for it and then we'll do it. <laughs> floating around. <laughs> the, the truth is, it's balance, isn't it? There's never going to be a world yeah. of fear because we're human beings and we need fear in many ways. But it's balance. It's keeping it balanced with faith and remembering that there's lots of wonderful things out there. There's amazing things everything that this paper tells you about knife crime and this and that what they're not telling you is the million stories of good things that happened in the world that day you know yeah, yeah. it's, we, yeah. it's, it's like now every exactly. every yeah. day you're hearing x amount of people have died from this horrible disease and that is horrible yeah but what they're not printing is how many people are walking out of that hospital healthy yeah you know and and, and that's yeah. that's true there's there's so many people you know surviving this and and and, and carrying on and stuff but mm. Unfortunately, the, the thing that sells the papers, the thing that keeps the news channels going, like you said before, is how many people have died from it today. Yeah. And that's horrible. Yeah, and, what, one death is too so many. But... 
Yeah. I, I, th I think we live in a society where people, certain people feel that, like they, that they, they people thrive off that sort of information more than they would a bit of a, a good, people thrive off the bad news more than they would a, the good news. Do you know what I mean? And well, the, it's kind of a sad the, reality that, Sorry, Tom, I batted right no, into you. No, go on, go on, mate, go on. Go on, I batted right into you, yeah, go on. No, it, I just, just saying that it's it's a sad reality that some certain people, were, would they, they'd, they'd share a bad news story quicker than they would share a news a new good, a, a good news story on social media, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, and in some ways that's, you know, and we're all capable of it. Like, that's the yeah. first step is, is recognising that we are, like everything that we loathe in other people, we are capable of it on some level. It's hard to describe yeah, that with specific yeah. examples. But if you said to me now about, I don't know, Trump or something, like, and a, you know, an easy target, something that we all go, that's bad, or, you know, on some level, if we, if we got down to it and looked at it and worked out what it was about him that you didn't like, it's because ultimately it's reminding you of something in yourself, ultimately, whether it's yeah. self-centeredness or um, a self of, you know, it's because somewhere in your little secret life or your head or whatever, you know, that's um, who you are as well. We're all the same, man. It's like, in many ways, like, you know, it's painfully predictable, really. We're all the same. We're all the same. Yeah. If you see someone, um, and sometimes it's scary for us. It just is scary to accept that that's part of us as well. Um, it is scary. Like, we'd much rather go, you know, point the finger at them and go, wow, they're just bad. They're different. They're different. They're different, and you're like they're not, man. They're just um, they're just struggling today, and, and misbehaving as a result. And um, and that's that's the thing. Like, I do believe I, it's too hard for me to get me ready. You know, like, I just try and do it as much as I can in my daily life, and I fail more than I succeed. I guess maybe I don't know, but um, but it's lovely to have a bit of that balance. It's lovely to have a bit of serenity every now and again, a bit of peace and quiet, a bit of um, compassion. It feels good. That's the problem, right? Is well, not the problem. The opposite. That's the the mad thing about it. Is it feels good, you know? If you're able to, you know, and there's nothing to it really, like spirituality and that. This is the other thing at the moment as well, where like you know everyone's spouting on about spirituality and attaching it almost to sort of some, you know, the the, the price of your flipping yoga mat or something. It's like a fashion accessory, and it's like no, it ain't. Spirituality is going to making someone a cup of tea, you know. Mm giving that person a phone call that you don't really want to ring just to see how they are. Try doing it. Not because like some pompous ass is telling you that you've got to do it to be part of some sort of spiritual group because it feels good. I'll tell you the most spiritual people are right now. Like it ain't people floating around on a mountain, you know, like the, the you know, or people who are online telling you that you how to live your life. You know, the most spiritual people right now are mothers. They're nurses, you know, mm. They're turning up and doing it, man, you know, anonymously in most cases. Like that's the other great thing about spirituality is when people do it anonymously. Someone anonymously, said, yeah. spiritual thing you can do today is go out and do something kind for someone without getting found out about it. If you get found out, it doesn't count. Yeah. Try it. Go out and do something kind for someone today. It can be small. It can be large. It can be whatever. But just go out and do something anonymously for someone and they won't even know you've done it. See how you feel later when you're sitting indoors. Trust me, you know, it's the opposite of our troll feels when he's just put out some horrible, spiteful thing. That poor soul, that troll, whatever, trust me, they ain't in a good place. No. That ain't a nice place to be in. It really ain't. Because we've all done it on some level or another. 
like I've never trolled. I don't think I don't think I. But you know, like I've never. That's not just not my thing. Like I'm, I'm, you know. But on some level or another, we've all been spiteful at some time in our life. Or we've all yeah, gossip. Gossip's another thing. Like you know, we've all at some point had a gossip about someone. Yeah, it kind of feels good and they've got on our nerves or whatever. Doesn't feel good. Karmically, mm. on some level, you know that you're you're breaking the rules of life in some spiritual cosmos. <laughs> I can't believe I'm yeah. saying, but you know, but. No, but- I, I agree, though. I, I agree. Something totally. kind for someone and you don't get found out about it. Just for today. See how you feel later. It's a lovely feeling. It's a lovely, lovely feeling, you know? But, yeah. yeah I think with that, with that, then, with that <laughs> advice, <laughs> honestly, that, that is the perfect place to end. If you are listening to this podcast, yeah. do as, as, as Johnny's just said, if you can go out safely, obviously, because of, of what's going on, and, you know, check on a neighbour or, like you say, ring that, friend that you've probably not spoke to for a while Send or a text or even if you don't yeah. go out tell you the hardest thing is to ring someone up and make it completely about them you know yeah like where, about where their day, it's yeah. not like you know you don't get into what you're going through and your troubles for the day it's hard it's hard man this is an exercise here try it people like it's i'm hard. gonna write them down if you're Please. a self-centered git like me like, all i want to do is ring up and talk about me to ring your mum up and actually say how are you you know like what, what's going on in your life and and insist that actually it's about her you know and it's a lovely thing man it's a really nice thing you yeah know? i'm gonna try it myself later i'll foul oh, but yeah. i'm gonna amazing. give it a go no i think we should all give it a go yeah it's amazing to listen to you and have your outlook on it all and and just to know how positive you are and hopefully the people are listening that you know, uh, wh- whether you do want to sit down and play a computer game or whether you do want to sit down and meditate or read a book or, or anything, you know, if you can take yourself away from what's going on for just an hour a day, you know, I mean, my, for me, as I, I'm nearly a 30-year-old man, but if I have a game of FIFA on my Xbox, I switch off from the world. You know, I, I, I stop thinking about everything terrible that's going on and I'm focusing on scoring goals. That's all I'm doing. But then that's how I will find my peace for, for a, a while. You know that, that there is ways of doing it. Um, yeah. It's just it's just trying to find the right thing for you, I guess. Yeah, giving yourself a break. Give yourself mm. a break. We can be very hard on ourselves, you know, and yeah. give yourself a break. Yeah. Yeah. Wicked. Yeah, cheers, man. Nice Thank one, you man. very much, Johnny. Nice one, mate. <laughs> nice one. See you later, Thank man. you so much. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, cheers, Johnny. Lots of love, Lovely. mate. We'll add you into the group as well now. Do oh, that. Yeah, we'll get you in. <laughs> I'll, 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 yeah, I'll see how I go. <laughs> I love you both. See you later, mate. Uh, you we'll too, man. Thank love, you. Mate. Bye, 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 bye. Yeah. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. Sweat Platinum. 
At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Yeah, um, again, like, like we've touched bases in the intro and during, during the chat. I mean, like we, we understand it mm. you know, as much as anybody else. Um, how tough it is, you know, during this time. But um, I guess all we can do is uh, just take on board a bit of Johnny's advice and just try and keep busy, try and keep active and um, appreciate the, the, you know, the times that we're getting to. I mean, I'm spending a lot more time with my family over like um house party and, and zoom yeah. and things like that you know we're doing a lot of quiz nights and stuff and you know weirdly i think it's brought a lot of people's relationships closer yeah um, definitely and i i you know johnny said something in the chat there about um like ring someone and try and not make it about you yeah yeah that's so good that so so good you know, it's something that like I've I've never really thought of before. Like I will I will ring my mum or my you know my mates and moan or you know yeah. what I mean. What I even say I I mean I will. It's just that normal kind of Mancunian thing, you know. Yeah, right. How's it going? But yeah. you don't mean it normally. It's just like right. I want to talk about my shit day. You know, yeah. and and I think that was one of the things from the chat that's that stood out to me was yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was um, because you do it, don't you? I guess when I when I make a phone call, if I if I ring someone, you do do that, don't you? You, you just say, "Are you all right?" Mm. You don't go, "Are you all right? Are you all right?" Do you know what I mean? It's just like a, a thing that you just do, and you. And I I tend to think that when I'm ringing someone, if I'm ringing them, I'm, I'm ringing them to moan about something that I've something that's going on for me, and you and you don't really, you know, you, you don't sort of stop and think about how the other people are feeling sometimes do you but i guess that's what good friends are um and i know that johnny's one of them if ever i had any problems like we took the touch base on the intro if ever anything was going on you know i don't speak to johnny every day but you know we'll often send a lovely text and whatnot um and i know that if it was three in the morning and if, if me and charlotte had had an argument say i know for a fact that johnny had answered the phone Mm. Um, so I guess we're kind of blessed that we've got these sort of friends that, and it's the same with you. And I, I know you'd answer the phone, and you know that I'd answer it. So I guess that's sort of we're, we're, we're relying on friends at this time, aren't we? Yeah, that's it, man. Friends and family, like say, and just the little things, man. Just the little things like that 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 you can you can look on and go, oh, like just make you happy. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Well, yeah, I wanted to show. Um, about two days into like the, the the lockdown, I broke my glasses. So on the other podcast, I've not had any glasses on because this is what I was wearing. That taped them up. Oh my god! Look at them. <laughs> so that's what I was because I can't see things far off, and it was really stressing me out. Got to a point where I was getting headaches and that, and then um, I literally bought a pair of nineteen pound glasses from uh, Specsavers. Rang them up. Give a, asked them if they'd still got me prescription, which they did, which was amazing. Um, even from years ago, I think it was 2017, she said I'd been there. Um, but they were like, it's fine, we'll use that prescription. Ordered some new glasses, instantly felt better. Yeah. Just £19. Like, Retail therapy, mate. 
I mean, yeah, I guess it is, but then it was kind of like, you know, I don't know. I, I kind of, I think these symbolized to me at the beginning, right, the world's going to shit. Because <laughs> I, I fixed them and I, and, I, and I turned around to Emily and I was like, look, if this goes down, how, how it might go down, a.k.a. apocalypse shit, you with a survivor. <laughs> Do you know? Yeah, I mean? but if it went down apocalypse shit, yeah, you'd, be, you'd be fucked. Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. But, you know, I think I think that's what I was thinking. That was my mentality at the beginning. And then and then slowly started realising that it's not that bad. At the beginning, I thought, genuinely thought this was the end of the world. And then through chatting mm. to you, through doing this podcast with you, through mm. chatting like Johnny and that, like, started to realise that. Actually, it, it, it's not that. I mean, it's bad. No, of course, yeah. I mean, it's like... Sorry, go on, mate. Go on, go on. I was going to say, it is bad. You know, there's... Tragically... The loss of life is is incredibly awful, and we we should never forget about that. But I think the message here, like like we said, is is look for the the, the positives in in this situation. Yeah. yeah, and you know, there's not a day go by where you don't stop and you know, and you think about all the people that have lost their lives, not only to coronavirus, but to yeah. to everything, all the accidents and all you know, the cancer patients and and mental health. Um, sufferers and everything you know there's there's always bad things going on in the world but there is also a lot of good things going on in the world yeah and and if you choose to i know some people don't choose to but you know if some people can get swallowed up in 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 the bad in the bad news and again with the media which tend to do that a lot is this constantly sharing bad news you know people can get can drive themselves insane um and you know i guess trying to find the positives in what's going on, i.e., you know, you're seeing these stories about a 93-year-old lady who's walking out of the hospital after yeah. beating coronavirus. That's the kind of news that I want. 106-year-old the other day. 106-year-old. You know what I mean? That's the, that's the shit that I want, and that's the shit that I'll share on Facebook. Yeah. That's the, you know, because that that's that seeing that makes me feel better. So I'm not going to share that there was, you know, 900 deaths yesterday or 800 deaths yesterday. Because it's uh, that's to me that's that's sharing the bad news and yeah you know, that, that's enough to put people on a downer I think yeah. you know what I mean well, you I mean you've got to be careful to you know to remember them of course yeah I get I get exactly what you're saying I think I do think sometimes the media is focusing heavily on that you know and I do I love it like I I, I think today this morning I saw someone share and um, you know there was like. Uh, how many worldwide, how many cases have recovered from it. And it just gives you that little bit of like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. It's I, about, want- I suppose it's about being selective and choosing what you want to hear and what you want to share, isn't it? It's like, yeah, you, you've got you've got to be really careful because, you know, for the people who, who, who might not necessarily want to know about how many people died yesterday because they're really struggling with it, I don't want to be the person that's sharing that sort of information. But what I want to do is I want to share that there's an 106-year-old lady who's just beaten coronavirus. Because then if someone's struggling, that'll make hopefully make them feel better. Um, which, again, is, I guess, what, what Johnny was saying in the podcast. It's We've just got to try and stay positive and, you know, and try and... I mean, I, I've, I spend a lot... I've got TikTok now. I've downloaded TikTok. Because, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but there's, no, there's no terrible news on there. It's just people having fun. Yeah, that's... And, that, and that's my favourite thing at the minute. I spend a lot more time on TikTok than I do any social media at the minute because it's full of people trying their hardest to enjoy life, finding the light 
in in being at home, you know, doing little challenges like me with the golf balls in the back garden and the footballs and just having a bit of fun, which is uh, for me is the be- that's the best medicine at the minute is trying your hardest to be- to have fun at home, see see and appreciate what you've got at home as well. Do you know what I mean? Hundred percent, hundred percent, and and same with me. Like, um, I've you know, like say I said earlier, you know, the other day I had a bit of a downer where. I just got stressed about like I've not been out of the house really, and 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 human you know. contact, man. Yeah, and and it is hard that like I said, I said this to my wife, you know, when when she's at work, like my the the only other person I speak to is a five year old, and that is amazing, but also stressful. But I decided to try and put that in a positive note, and I was saying to you the other day, me and Phoebe are going to do a little little side podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We recorded Just for the it. listeners, Andy's ditching me. He's going to poach all you listeners and he's replacing me with a five-year-old girl called Phoebe. So um, it was I, nice while it lasted. No, but it's cute. Like, like you say, like I'm, I'm showing the films that I loved as a kid um, and then we're going to review them. So like we did one yesterday where we um, we watched Drop Dead Fred. Oh, what a film. Exactly. <laughs> and it's a 12, but I'm showing it to her because I watched it when I was five. Yeah, and it, you're not quite it, it, it did me any damage. No. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I guess it's that thing in it. It's, it's find the positives. Try and you know, do something if creative. If not, if you're not a creative person, that's fine. Just go for a walk. Play FIFA. Play FIFA. Play Call of Duty. And you know what I found? Grand Theft Auto was the closest thing to real life that I've got at the minute. Online. No, I mean, on, on, Grimsby. In Grimsby. Now online on Grand Theft Auto, what you got to do is you have to buy your cars. You yeah. have to pay to get them insured. You've got to buy an apartment. You can go to the casino. I was playing poker in the casino yesterday. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like weird little things like that. I was on a roulette table. Weird little things like that are just like, you know, we, we was just sort of, me and Charlotte found fun in that. We was, yeah. there's a little thing in the casino where you can gamble on the horses, little virtual horse racing. And me and Charlotte are like, obviously GTA money, not real money. But like, yeah. we was laughing our heads off at that. And I thought, just for 10 minutes, you know, we forgot about everything else that was going on in the world. So, you know, even if it is playing computer games or it is being in the back garden with a football or a golf ball, but, you know, it's just just try your hardest to appreciate the things that you've got. Do you know what I mean? And I guess that's what the message of this podcast was, really, which is why we decided it's a great time to to release it. Yeah. Well, that's us, guys. So, um, yeah, we hope you've enjoyed it, as always. And we'll be back next week. Uh, with another great guest. Yeah. Got a lot of great guests lined up. So thank you. Yeah. Cheers. Stay safe. Be seeing you. <laughs>